Sports Center. I'm Doug Brown. Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow plans to play another season in Tuscaloosa. Milrow is third among Power 5 quarterbacks in passer rating this season as the Crimson Tide get ready for their college football playoff semifinal matchup against Michigan. The Golden State Warriors play the Clippers tonight as Draymond Green starts his indefinite suspension. So how long will he be out? Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy Jr. He'll be back when, you know, it's, it's, it's the right time. Um, and that's something that we'll all consider the league, Draymond, us. Um, it's, you know, Steve and I were just talking. Anybody that has an amount of games or time suggested or in their head, I'm just telling you right now, it's wrong. Mike Dunleavy Jr. Lions defensive back CJ Gardner Johnson is now medically cleared to practice. He's been out since week two with a torn pectoral muscle. A former Jaguars employee could serve prison time and be fined after pleading guilty in federal court today to stealing more than $22 million from the team over a four-year period. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn 10X miles on hotels and rental cars and 5X miles on flights when you book through Capital One Travel. Plus 2X miles on all other purchases. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Term supply, see CapitalOne.com for details. Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. So, as promised yesterday, it is a feel-good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle from our ESPN Richmond studios. And Sean Robertson from CBS 6, maybe not feeling good Thursday, but still making it a feel-good Thursday, is in the studio with yours truly, Bob Black here. Lewis on the other side of the glass in the producer's booth. Uh, handling our show this afternoon. And Sean and I just finished up our 32nd pre-show production meeting. <laughs> Literally, I think that may even be embellishing it by a few seconds. But I said yesterday's two hot topics that pretty much carried us through two hours yesterday were the potential move of the Capitals and Wizards and monumental sports across the river from D.C. to Alexandria and what that means for the District of Columbia and what that potentially could mean for the commanders and where they might be going. So there's a perspective and a twist on the story from that standpoint. And Sean, being a commander's guy, can certainly weigh in on that. And then the other hot-button topic was the uh, judge's ruling in West Virginia allowing transfers to play immediately, whether it's their first, second, or 18th transfer. They can just go ahead and play at least for the next two weeks, at least for 14 days they can do that, although it comes with some trepidation from the schools and from the NCAA about what that really means if they play for 14 days and all of a sudden there's an appeal and a higher court says, no, the NCAA is within its right to limit guys and gals 
who can play immediately on a second or multiple transfer? Do they waste their year of eligibility because they played in three games over this 14-day window? What exactly does it mean? So teams have been treading very lightly. Some have played those guys already. They played last night. Others are holding off until they talk with their legal counsel and their compliance people, and uh, they're in a kind of a holding pattern, a wait-and-see attitude. So anyway, Sean, those are our two hot-button topics from yesterday, the potential monumental move of the Caps and Wizards to Alexandria, a new home there, and the transfer news. Uh, Draymond Green also mm-hmm. occupied 15 or 20 minutes of our time. Our guy Sweet Lou over there, uh, Bruce coined that last week. Yes, Sweet he Lou. did. We're keeping that. Yes. We're, we're keeping Sweet I heard that the other day when yep. he called him Sweet Lou. We, Sweet Lou. We, we, we love Sweet Lou. Uh, he thought it should be banned for the rest of the year, mm. and that might happen since the NBA suspended him indefinitely. And as I said to Lewis before I walked in the studio, I'm like, when you hear suspended indefinitely, that normally means longer, not shorter, yep. at least in my mind, right? Yep. If it was going to be shorter, they would have said 15 games. Mm-hmm. Indefinitely to me means it's going to be a while and we're going to take our time and the season's going to keep on going and you not playing. And he probably will have to have some conversation with either Joe Dumars or Adam Silver in person to see if the suspension actually helped him. If he is going to be a change man, even though he has said on multiple occasions and multiple suspensions, this is who he is. He is not going to change. So I wonder if that is going to be part of this suspension that once they get to a point where they feel that the limit has been met as far as games being out, that Green will have some sort of meeting in person with those two parties or one of the two parties to kind of discuss where he is at that point and to see if he, in fact, has changed for the good to come back to the team. Well, to your point then, I wonder if part of this is going to be, let's see you get some anger management. Let's see you get some counseling. Mm -hmm. Let's see if it makes a difference. And we're not bringing you back until you do that. And that's why this is indefinite. If you go see a counselor and the counselor says, it's going to take us uh, two months, well, then we're not bringing you back for two months. Mm -hmm. If you go every day for two weeks and show market improvement, then maybe we kind of bring you back. So I think that might be a couple of the meetings that he has to have, let alone with NBA brass, for sure. And then we had a caller, right, Lewis? We had a caller, I think it was Chris, maybe, yesterday, who said, I wonder if the Warriors might just throw up their hands and say, enough of this. We're done. We're going to cut our losses now, cut our ties. You're out. Goodbye. That's going to be hard to do for what he's done for that organization. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there have been some some bad, yes, but there has been some good with Draymond Green with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, he did win four championships. He played an integral part in bringing Kevin Durant to Golden State to win two of those championships as well. He was part of that that group with uh, Steph and I want to say Clay and also Steve Kerr to get to get Durant to come. So I mean, he is a one of those core guys even though he's considered a bad boy, but every team has that guy. Um although Green has been I guess he he's in the spotlight of being the the I won't say goon, but just being the enforcer for that organization. So that would be a difficult thing, for, I think, for Golden State to do. Do they just say, hey, you know what, we're done with you. 
you go somewhere else because I think he would go to another. And I think any of those other teams in the NBA would take him in a heartbeat just for what he can do. Now, that's the question would be, can you live with some of the negative that comes with Draymond? And I think, I mean, if, if you're a Laker, I'm a Laker fan, I think LeBron would jump at the opportunity to bring Draymond to the Lakers immediately. I mean, it takes an integral part of Golden State. Its strength is your group. And like I say, he, do, he does some of the dirty things that maybe other players won't do to get a victory. See, I think veteran star players like LeBron or teams that have several, not even star, superstar players, but at least veteran, solid character guys in the locker room would always take a guy like that because they would always say, I can change him. Mm-hmm. I can fix him. Mm-hmm. In our locker room, in our culture, he is going to mind his P's and Q's. He is going to do it our way. Yeah. So I do agree with you. I think LeBron would take him in a heartbeat. I think other teams, maybe like a Boston that have some veteran you know, I think even Miami, talent, Miami would would take him. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. So yesterday we had, uh, I said twenty five games, kind of Jai Morant type mm-hmm. of suspension. Mm-hmm. Lewis said fifty, right, Lou? Right, sweet Lou, you said fifty. No, I said he should be suspended the rest of the season. Whoa! Well, somebody said fifty because I said, well, that base maybe it was a caller, yeah. maybe it was Bruce. I don't know. No. It was a caller in reference to the uh, guy from the Sixers that punched somebody and damaged his face. Oh, no, that wasn't the Sixers. That was oh, the Rockets. That was, uh, that was Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy Tomjanovich. Kermit Washington. Kermit Washington. Was that was yeah. the Laker. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so you said the rest of the season. We had a caller that said 50, which is basically the rest of the season because they've played about 20 or so, mm-hmm. 23 games at this point. And we had one that said only 15 um, games. So what would you – I know it's a little easier to answer this question now that you already know the answer. Yeah. But what would you if you were Commissioner Robertson for a day? What would you, would you have even thought about this indefinite thing? I think we all came up with numbers or just clear cut rest pr- of the year. I would have probably said the rest of the year, okay. counting the postseason. Counting the postseason, I would hit him where it hurts. It's going to hurt him not to play in the postseason. Regular season ain't going to really matter. I mean, I understand with the paycheck, but the games that count, what it really hurts is the postseason. I will sit them down the rest of the year, including the playoffs, and put those contingencies in there. You gotta get help, you know, talk to a you know, therapist, counselor, something like that. And after that, you must come to New York to our offices and and have a meeting, in person meeting with me and Dumars who laid down the suspension and we have to see if everything's great. And if everything's only up and up, then you can play next season. All right. And I think if they do bring them back that the NBA needs to put something in place where it's like, look, you got one more time, and if this takes place, you're like you're done. I like, would agree like with no that, more too. Excuse. I would agree with that, too. Zero tolerance policy. Zero tolerance. The third strike, and you're out. Mm-hmm. Done. Done. Mm-hmm. Uh, this topic is obviously of interest to our guy Bruce because he's making an early appearance Very on the early. sports auto. Normally, the salutation of good evening, Bruce, resonates when he dials up the bat phone. So this afternoon at 10 minutes after 4, I can only say good afternoon, Bruce. Hey, good afternoon, guys. You know, guys, this is an interesting conversation we're hearing, and, and, and I agree a, a lot with what Sean has said. You cannot, although you have the bad in front of you, you cannot minimize the good that Draymond has done in, in a Golden State Warrior uniform. And, and I, I would say, you know, they could have five championships. Uh, but Draymond is still considered 
uh, at 34 years of age, if he's in the right system where he is in Golden State, he's considered injured both feet. And so I say because what has transpired, without question, there needs to be consequences. I, I would agree with Sweet Lou's last statement it, that, hey, if you do this again, man, we're going to have to expel you for a significant period of time. The one only caveat that I put to this is the players' union. And the players' union is extremely loyal to the players of the league. And so there, I'm sure, current player union president is saying to Adam and to Joe Dumars, hey, 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 yeah, let's give this indefinite period but give this guy a chance to correct his wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where the NBA sits right now. Mm-hmm. They believe that he has, he needs, he's dealing with some issues. And I'm sure there are other players in the league that are as well. But I think the Players Union has a large voice in the, in the decision that commissioner is, is looking at. And the commissioner, as you guys stated yesterday, the commissioner is a player's commissioner. So it's, it's, it's negative. It's very sad of what we're seeing on the TV. None of this is called for. But I just think they're going to give him a chance, uh, a second, a third, <laughs> this may be his fourth chance, to sort of correct this issue. And, Sean, if I'm hearing you correctly, if you suspend him for the regular season and the postseason, if you're the Warriors, you basically clean out his locker for the year, right? You basically say, we don't want you around this team. We'll we'll see a next preseason mm-hmm. camp yep. if it comes to that. So they're almost showing him the door if that were the case. Yeah, I, he would be, to me, a, a definite distraction if he was on the bench. Now, maybe you could be at the facility and things of that nature and working with guys one-on-one and talking to the coaches and things of that nature. But as far as traveling the games, being on the bench – in postseason games, nationally televised games, no. Nah, I think you. I think at that point, he only needs to be at the facility working out things of that nature, but no travel. If 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 that was if I was the commissioner, suspension, you're done. No travel, no games, but you could be with the you know be at the facility, and hey. I and I would be very. Le- and I probably would have to talk to the players' union about suspension without pay because I know that would be a huge thing, whether he would be getting his full salary for the rest of the year, or meaning, boom, we're going to really hit you where, where it hurts in the pocket, suspended without pay. That's what I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. And Bob and Sean, just real quick, I just want to say, we've yet to hear Stephen Curry comment mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say that because I think that's monumental. Should. I, I think the, the relationship with Draymond and Stephen personal is a contributing factor. I think Stephen Curry has Draymond Green's back. And I, I think that's a contributing factor of what happened. Stephen Curry is so much the face of the association. To have that support from Stephen Curry, quiet is kept probably Chris Paul as well. That's, these are contributing factors. We see what we see, and we make our 
speculations, but there are behind-the-scenes pieces that are going on. And having the support of a Stephen Curry, a LeBron James, and a Chris Paul is probably major in, in what decisions are going to be made regarding Draymond Green playing again. I think he will play again this year. I was going to say it's going to be quiet because we really haven't heard anything publicly. Um, LeBron, who is really close and I think a business partner with Draymond, I think he would have been in the forefront as soon as it was handed down. I think you would have heard LeBron publicly uh, validate uh, Draymond or you know say we have our best interest with him and everything like that. But he has been very quiet since the incident happened and also the indefinite suspension uh, went down. No tweet. No press conference, uh, no, no no statement from the team that I've seen as of yet. Uh, really, nothing has been said from the Warriors on the Warriors side. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bruce, can I th- uh, totally another subject? Can I throw a name at you that I know you're going to know? We're in the same era here. I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure Sean will know the name as well, but I'm confident that you will know it. And I just saw this. I'm catching up on some of the news of the day, and I know this was out there since this morning. George McGinnis. I know who I knew you were going to say it. So let let me just say this real quick, Bob, Sean, Sweet Lou. When we when I first became a seventy sixers fan in nineteen seventy five, this was pre Julius Irvin. George McGinnis was a small forward mm-hmm. on that team with Caldwell Jones, uh, Steve Nix, Bobby Jones, and 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 I I heard the news, Bob. And although he made most of his stuff in the ABA and later with the Indiana Pacers, George McGinnis was a beast, guys. You know, uh, George McGinnis was a, 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 a built like a, uh, a, a cannon, but he was a beast on that hardwoods. And he was sort of the first player which I gravitated to. Of course, you had Doug Collins on that team. You had um, Bibby on that team as well but the first player we sort of gravitated to was George McGinnis I was going to say the exact same thing being a sixer guy and exactly the same thing that he's being heralded as this star in the ABA which he was and this star with the Pacers which he was but that was kind of my heyday as well Bruce with the Sixers a little before those years when I was younger but certainly in the teenage years of the mid-70s and in Philadelphia at that point the Flyers were dominating it's when they were winning back-to-back Stanley Cups and along came George McGinnis and started to change things on the hardwood at the spectrum, the old spectrum in Philadelphia. And then Dr. J came along and things got even better. But yeah, George McGinnis passing at the age of 73. But rock solid, Bruce. I'm with you on what he did in those few years that he was in Philadelphia. So I appreciate your perspective on that. Thank you, guys. There goes Bruce early mm-hmm. on a Thursday afternoon. He helps make it a feel-good Thursday. Here's how else we're going to do it on the Sports Huddle this afternoon. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. This is a huge sign of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by our friends at the Henrico Sports and Entertainment Authority and the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. For a calendar of future events or if you're interested in booking event in 2024, visit them at HenricoSEA.com. HenricoSEA.com. And I'm still talking to people about what a great time we had out there at Cheer and Gear on Monday. 
Monday out at the Henrico Sports and Events Center and all the sporting goods and equipment that we gathered for the youngsters that has been distributed now thanks to the Salvation Army Christmas Assistance Program and their distribution center over there at Stony Point in the Old Dick. So it was a great day with our folks over there at Henrico Sports and Events Center. And again, the website, if you'd like more information, Henrico SEA. Well, it's already 20 after 4, and the reason I've kind of allowed this thing to go on is, first of all, it was a very good conversation. We brought four people into Mm -hmm. the mix on that conversation, led by Sweet Lou and Bruce, and then you and I as well. But we have no guests today. We are wide, wide open for two hours today so we'd love to hear from you we need you to step up today be a part of the program go back to yesterday let's get some more thoughts on the whole transfer thing in college athletics and the capitals and wizards potentially moving into our commonwealth and by the way i have a pet peeve and i caught myself doing it Uh once yesterday Uh but i got a pet peeve and i want to say ted leonsis did not do this and i applauded him in the press conference Please do not say that the Caps and Wizards will be our first professional teams in Virginia, that we have no professional teams in Virginia. That's as inaccurate as saying the sun rises in the West Mm -hmm. for us. You know where I'm going with this, Sean, right? The Flying Squirrels are a professional team. The Norfolk Tides are a professional team. The, The Fredericksburg Nats are a professional team. We don't have any major league teams in the commonwealth are they are they considered i don't know professional they're professional yeah i don't know if they're the major league no not a major of soccer right but they're definitely professional yeah Yeah. correct so please do not say that we do not have any professional teams Mm -hmm. in the commonwealth of virginia it's a little just a little pet peeve it's like when i see tweets or emails and people refer to us as richmond university that that see you you smirked right that one bugs me it's university of oh, Richmond. Richmond. I'll tell you a tale out of school real quick here. Uh-oh. Jerry Linquist and I got off to a bad start. Really? And and he took full advantage of it and ripped <laughs> me for years in the Times-Dispatch. But the very first time he wrote about me when I came here in 1982 to do the Richmond Braves, he said I was a graduate of the University of Syracuse. And I called him on that. I'm like, uh-uh. Oh, we University? are Syracuse University. Don't ever make that mistake again. Do you hear? I know we're up on a break. Okay. Do you normally hear that when somebody say you're from the University of Syracuse or everybody that come that you come across, they say you are from Syracuse? How often do you hear people say you're from the University of Syracuse? Not very often. I, I do see and hear the Richmond University more okay. often than I hear University, University of Syracuse. Syracuse. Okay. Yes. And it bugs. It always bugs me. <laughs> and you know, I hate. I don't want to. Um, I'm not pointing fingers here because I don't know if they ever wound up coming to Richmond or not. But you know, when kids go on Twitter and they get an offer mm-hmm. from, that's where it really bugged me. Like, oh yeah, I, I don't even know who it was. I assume it was none of the guys or gals that we currently have because they were smart enough to know because they had to be smart enough to get into Richmond. <laughs> but when when a kid goes on Twitter and goes, "I am blessed to receive an offer from Richmond University," right there, I'm like, no like, more offer. No, we're done. going. We're going to the next guy. So don't make that mistake on my watch. Anyway, I don't know how I got off on that tangent there, but we are wide open. 804-327-0888 if you'd like to call in. It's also our text number as well. Now, I'm only going to fall, but so far behind. After a while, Sweet Lou does start pulling on the leash, and he's pulling on the leash right now. So, Reggie, you just hang on. When we get back after the break, we can pick up where we left off yesterday. Reggie and I got into it. 
a little bit yesterday. What? Reggie, Reggie. We got into a little bit on this whole transfer thing Uh-oh. yesterday. So Uh-oh. we agreed to disagree, and we can pick up back on that, although I'm sure he'll throw the love your way, Sean, without a doubt. I'll be out on an island all by uh, myself. Here, here we go. Reggie coming up after we go to a break. There's other phone lines you can dial in right now, 804-327-0888. With Sean Robertson from CBS 6, I'm Bob Black. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. This week, just head to our website and to our This Week on 1061 ESPN Richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 1061 ESPN. Why don't you take it back into it? There we go, 27 after the hour here on the Sports Huddle, the Feel Good Edition. Um, before we went to break, we kind of teased that Reggie is on the line. I'm assuming he is still on the line. I I will actually lead this call, Sweet Lou, because Bob said he will not talk to Reggie. So this this issue between Reggie and Bob has leaked over into the feel-good edition. So I, I'm a little concerned that we're not feeling good on a Thursday. You got it. Reggie, what, what's going on with this? No, no, Bob's just wrong. Why you want to do it, brother? Bob's just wrong. wrong. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. Well, that really helped. (laughs) Bob's just wrong. Oh, my. Come on, I get that at home. I don't need to get that here. It it continues. You had a bad couple of weeks, Tyler (laughs) Town, with your Eagles. Well, don't take it out on me. Come on, Tyler (laughs) Town. Well, you're right about that. I have had a bad couple of weeks with my Eagles, that's for sure. Yeah, they got taken to the woodshed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Sean. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Bob. Oh, there's that laugh, that nah. sinister laugh I love of Reggie's. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Come on, Tidal Town. Hamlet, Tidal Town. You upset about the way they pronounce Syracuse University. You upset about your baseball team. You upset about the uh, suspension of the young man with the NBA and then the big baseball, which you educated me a great deal about diverting the money. I guess he can live on $2 million a year. God bless him. But the small markets ain't too happy about that, Bob. Come on now. No, they're not. Small markets ain't pulled that, that stuff. Dodgers played but, by the uh, rules, though, Reggie. The, I don't love the Dodgers, but the Dodgers – I don't hate the Dodgers, actually. But they did play by the rules. they also in the running for okay. the Japanese pitcher, Yes, right? they are. How are they going to fit him in the Man, salary they cap? They'll just pay the luxury tax. Yeah. 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 Hey, but – Sean, help me with Holland Springs. Seems like they're playing against growing amen last week against Freedom. <laughs> hey, those guys get caught in. They got family. No, nah, I mean they, they weren't. They played against some big boys down there. <laughs> they weren't grown men. They just they were they were very. Um, they're a talented football team that has great speed. Um, they have a really good running back, uh, Overton, who really showed out in that game. Rushed for over, <clears throat> excuse me, over two hundred and fifty yards in that game. Jeez. Um, Holland Springs uh, got it to within one possession. They were down 28 nothing. They got it to within eight in the second half twice. Uh, just couldn't get mm-hmm. a, just couldn't get that final stop. And I, I mentioned that to Lauren. It was like you couldn't get that one bullet to come out or left. And he started smiling. It was like you can't spot a team that good 28 points. I don't care who you are, where you came from, you can't spot yeah. a team that good 28 points. Even though they had to, you know, fight and claw to get back into it. You know, you you just you, not that not with a team like that. Uh, freedom is too good to give them that much of a cushion to fight their way back. Do you think freedom, if they had stayed D5 and not go up to D6, then it could repeat as state champions from a Holland Spring? Hmm. That Maury team is good, too. Maury, Maury's good, too. Ooh. Maury's good, too. Uh, it might be... 
Boy beat Verona, didn't he? Boy beat uh, Stonebridge in the state final. Okay, okay, okay. But why did Alfred have to go to D6? Because the population of the school? Enrollment. They had, they had a higher enrollment. And once you increase within that two-year cycle, you, you move up. If they decide, you know, if it goes, oh. if it goes down within the cycle, then they can go back to five. Uh, and sometimes you can also request to stay. Uh, the case what with James River, they decided to go down to five. Matoka um, was another one. They requested to go up to five. They were going to. They had a chance to stay at four. They decided to go up to five, and you saw the results there to get to a state semifinal and win the regional title mm-hmm. in five C. So there are you can make some requests to stay in your current uh, region. Or cert or your or your specific class, or you can move up mm-hmm. or move down. But I think with Holland Springs, they're like, look, you know, we did what we did in five. Our enrollment is higher. Let's go to six and see what we can do there. I mean, you come with that that youth they had, they were a game away from another state title in their first year in six. Right. So, you know, give credit. Question: Some of the local talent we got here, or some of the young men looking at going to the next level, as far as playing um, on Saturday for from different schools. For whoever, are you talking about? For yeah, just, for Howard Springs and the, and the other schools. Well, Martin is uh, Christian. Martin is already committed to Maryland. Um, that's just a matter of putting pen to paper by uh, the first next uh, week. Next week, yeah, next is signing, week is day. signing day. Uh, Noah Jenkins oh, no. is committed to Tech. Uh, trying to think, of a couple other kids that go on D one. They probably have gotten some offers. And then you got some young guys from different parts, different schools. Matoka's got some good offers. A couple of guys got some Power 5 offers. Uh, Jaden Lee will be very interested to see where he goes. He's the senior defensive tackle uh, from Matoka. You've got you got several schools in this area that have received Power 5 uh, offers. But, I mean, definitely those two from Holland Springs are going to sign next week to, to continue that trend of Power 5 programs that uh, Holland Springs athletes will go to. Uh, at the next level. What the hell is Virginia doing? I hear Virginia. They got well, um, Chris Tyree. Yeah, they Chris, just got yeah, Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree in the transfer portal. I saw they just got a guy from Penn State today transferred to UVA. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. Just okay. saw that. And um, uh, Dre Green, who played at St. Chris, uh, he mentioned to me he does have a visit coming up to UVA, so that's a possibility. Uh, okay. Um, and there's some other ones. Um in the mix, you know, they're working a portal uh, to see if they can get some kids that either, don't, you know. Don't that, say that word to Bob. Don't say that word to Bob. Oh, oh. Is that the issue? <laughs> All right, here we go. Or, the, yeah, it's part of the issue. Oh, look at yeah, that. That's part of the issue. I'll get to it on the other side of the break, Reggie. It's going to be all me. It's going to be a monologue today. I'm running the show. Well, I heard enough from you yesterday, my all friend. Right. I'm going to bring Thank Sean you, into it. And I, here's what. I'm going to give you special dispensation here. If I say something that's really out of left field in the next couple segments, I'll give you permission to call back and and talk no on the air. We no, don't no, normally no, let no people sir. call twice, but no, I, I would no, let no. you My do that. My mama told me, with the guests that you come come into the house, you respect the guests. No sir, I'm not. No sir. <laughs> <laughs> if I say something really egregious, you have my permission to do that. All right, nope. we got to we got to get to the break, Reg. I, I want to come back. I want to come back on. So, nope, 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 nope. No, nope. you can do it. I'm giving you permission. Special permission if necessary when we come back. All right. Thanks, Reg. You got to roll. 434 already. I am taking more liberties here. Let's get to the break. Come back on the other side. 1061 ESPN. 
The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Liberty Mutual presents. For the Dallas Cowboys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. All right, so on Fast Rewind, we spent a good deal of yesterday talking about the judge's decision in West Virginia that had just come down issuing this 14-day temporary restraining order that allows second- and third-time transfers to play immediately, the opposite of what the NCAA had originally imposed and had ruled. And then came the conversation, Sean, that nobody knows what that 14-day period will do Mm -hmm. for a player. Mm -hmm. If in 14 days the temporary restraining order goes away and we go back to the way it was, or if the NCAA appeals and takes it to a higher court and they agree with the NCAA, what happens to guys who have played two or three games in this 14-day window? So coaches are kind of left hanging out to dry a little bit here as to i mean do we know what is uh you're you're the uh, tv voice of the vcu rams (laughs) what's uh what what's joe bamasil doing saturday against temple well um i did hear from a birdie um that coach odin will mention this during his radio show this evening whether bamasil will be in action will they use this waiver period to play or not. I don't know what he's going to say, uh, but I do know that will be discussed on his radio show. Well, um, I have issue with the judge's decision because I think there is some good in having some kind of guardrails and guidelines Mm -hmm. as to how many times you can transfer before you do have to take a pause, and that's where Reggie and I differ. Mm -hmm. Uh, He believes that the athlete should have you know all the freedom in the world to jump and move as often as they want. And I don't for the good of the game, for the good of the game, for the good of the schools, and for the good of the fans. And we can certainly discuss that. But I've been reading and following. I think Jeff Goodman has done a really nice job with this. And that was his tweet not too long ago. So now the coaches have a decision to make whether to roll the dice and play these players. Because as he said, the big question that the coaches are dealing with is whether players will lose their season if they play in the 14-day window and then the temporary restraining order doesn't continue beyond December 27th. And apparently the answer, and I don't agree with this one, is yes. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. I don't know how you can lose a year of eligibility during this 14-day temporary window when everything else is still up in the air. I almost equate this, Sean, to the very good college football rule that allows freshmen to play four games and not lose their red shirt year. I was going to say the same thing. I would say in this 14-day window, how many games are they going to play? Two, maybe three. This is the holiday break. Most of them are going home for five or six days anyway. They're only going to play in a couple of games. I I think you've got to give them gratis on that. that If they can play in the 14-day window, go ahead and play. And if it gets overturned, you go back to not playing, which stinks. It really does stink. But you definitely don't lose that year you could still come back you got that's got to change notes i don't think any team that is in this situation is going to play more than four games no, in a two-week definitely period not. that you could quote unquote lose his or her eligibility in this situation two games at the most you play the two games if it is overturned like you said <clears throat> excuse me if it is overturned 
he so or go, she sits. You go back to being an active. At, you'd be active, but you can practice, but yes. you can't play. But you don't lose no. next year. No. I, I think that's crazy. I don't know why that reads that way, but apparently it does. And that I am totally against. Now, let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. We're, what, 10 games into the year? 10, 11 games yeah. into the year? Yeah. So that's a third of the season already. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm asking this in all innocence and as neutrality neutral as I possibly can. Why is a guy like Joe Bamisil in so much of a hurry to play this season now where he's only going to play two-thirds of the year? Why is it not in his best interest to sit out the remainder of this year on scholarship mm-hmm. and practice and do everything else and then have a full 32 to 35 games next year? I don't get that. I, it's hard to go be in somebody's head. I would, I would think – it would have something to do with the fact he just wants the opportunity to play at home. Which he'd have next year. He would have next year, but I don't know, maybe just I just don't have an answer to my yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Just, if he just if he just feels like being with the guys not only at practice, but being in that competitive environment of you know, whether it's at the Seagull Center or within the A-10, just being a part of a of a unit like this. And supposedly, you know, from what we've heard throughout this year, they've been one of the closest teams VCU's had in quite some time. And you get guys, not you know, also in this area, uh, you know, Jay Nelson. Who will be back uh, next who, year. Who will be back next year. Uh, Fats will be back uh, next year. That's what I'm saying. Um, Roosevelt will be back next year. I just maybe just he just wanted that opportunity to play at home. I, I don't know how how sick his father is. I don't know how much you know. I know he's had some health issues. This would give him more time yeah. to I don't spend know. with his father. That's that's again. I really need to sit down with with somebody. And I said this to Reggie yesterday. I think he got mad at me. I was like, if you can convince me that this is in the best interest. I'll change my tune. I'm not trying to be mad or negative, and it has nothing to do with VCU. Pick any one of those guys on that long list right. that could potentially play now, names I've never even heard of, and I'd be saying the exact same thing. And I just don't think, Sean, I just don't think the risk here is worth the reward. Let's say Joe plays Saturday against Temple, and what do you got, one more before the Christmas? That before would be the 14th. Maryland Eastern Shore. Yeah, and he plays those two games, mm-hmm. and now – the the ruling is reversed and, and he he's got to count this year and he's done. Yeah. That that there's just no way that the risk is worth that reward. And then that's why you had a, probably a lot of coaches just really yeah. thinking like is it really worth it instead of just saying hey we're going to play him immediately because you have to think is two games worth playing a full season? No. And it's not. But on the flip side it's like okay he he wanted to come back, he wanted to play in front of friends and family and I know you're saying next year I'm trying to remember if he could actually play immediately next year Why at not? BC. Why not? It was he would have he would have met all the requirements to play. They set out this year, and he okay. could be a grad student. BCU yeah. has grad studies; he could do that. I, I but don't, if the if the if the grad program of what he was looking for is not there, that's I, I, it was something that he had to. I can't remember. All right. Anyway, again, that's but, that's good information, yeah. and maybe that does have something to do with it. I've just never seen that anywhere. Because that I heard that that's he part could, of the reasoning that I did hear. Part the last part of it was he could transfer to another school and be eligible immediately as a grad transfer. Like if if this didn't mm-hmm. if this didn't mm-hmm. work out in his favor, mm-hmm. 
and he sat out, then he could go somewhere else and play immediately. And I couldn't like remember. Like this year immediately? Next year. Yeah, like, next year, which right. I think he can do at VCU right. also. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like, I, he, I don't think He, he wouldn't to... be sitting out right now if he couldn't play next year. Right. That wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't. If he wasn't hopeful. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's just the, the thought of, you know, it, I don't know. Just, just giving him a, it's like a sanctuary that, you know, playing, competitively mm-hmm. being at home and being in front of friends and family that will be his sanctuary given what he has gone through and practice is not going to fulfill that itch or scratch that itch that he wants to help his team uh win another championship that could be the only thing that might mm-hmm. work you know just that sanctuary of being on the court with his guys in that competitive environment. I don't want to make this specifically about him. Because of my allegiance with Rich, I don't want people to say you're just saying this because it's your arch rival, and and it's not. And, you know, maybe I'm speaking out of school here, but Richmond wanted Joe Bamasil too. Mm -hmm. They knew. He he had an opportunity to go to Richmond. He chose VCU. I'm sure Richmond told him the same thing, Mm -hmm. which was there's a chance you may not play this year and we'll play you next year. So I don't want it to be specifically about him. I want it to be about the entire situation that we have here. And I just think it's awful. That they could take everything away if they do play. They play two now, games. having said that, consider the NCAA's track record. I think there's a pretty good chance that this thing's going to go away and they're <laughs> going to be able to play because the NCAA loses every case yes. at this point. So just, maybe if I'm a coach, I am going to roll the dice because if if the NCAA actually wins, that'll be a bigger upset than UMBC exactly. over Virginia. Exactly. I just, I mean, for all of these, for all of these athletes, <clears throat> excuse me, all of these athletes that are going through this, and they're basically, they're almost basically. They have them on a net. They're basically on this tightrope without a net. Oh, yeah, you possibly can play. However, it's not a guarantee right. That's terrible. that your eligibility will be counted against you if you play at most two games. Mm-hmm. So, how you, so how do you tell this person, okay, you can lose your uh, whole year of eligibility if you play two years. However, for a first-year freshman – you can play four games. Not or in what? college basketball, you can't. No, okay, it's no, not, not in, in college. So that's only college football. Oh, okay. I was no, you're done. Basketball. If you play one game, you're done. Yeah, that's your. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking it was like no, not it in was... college. I wish they had that in college basketball. Okay. Also, I thought the college basketball was like it was a percentage of the that's year. That's a medical red shirt if you get hurt. Oh. That's a medical oh, red shirt. So okay. college basketball does not have that, and it's so a great he, rule in college football. So if he football. steps on the floor one time, yep. as an chemist freshman, he, that eligibility is that's exhausted it, for that year. I mean, he could redshirt the next right, year and still right. have three, but he'd have mm. to sit out that one. So, yeah. So, I, if, it, if it was me, I'd be sitting out this 14-day window. And I'd wait. Okay, what's going to happen on December 27th? Yeah. And then we'll have some more clarity. And if I really want to keep playing, I'll play the other two-thirds of the season free and clear and knowing yeah. what the answer is going to be. Although it won't come necessarily on the 27th. I think there could be another hearing That's what on I was the 27th. Say, like, Who knows how long that could drag out? If that That's goes, a mess. Sad. I was going to say – that's why if you're, man, that's if your coach is like, and that's right on the edge of your conference season. Yeah. You got one or two maybe non-conference games left. Most of the programs will play your conference season end of December, first Saturday in, in January. And then you're saying, okay, one of our best players <laughs> could be out. We can't even even mm-hmm. try to play him for mm-hmm. the whole year. That That is really putting every coach in the country in a bind when they're in this situation. I, I hate I hate for that to be that way. I think if I'm a coach, I do. I'll probably just roll it. Because you don't play. know. Because like you said, the 27th is not the actual no, decision. It's, when the next, it's the next hearing. Right. I right. would probably roll a dice. And if, he, and if they are, he or she is eligible, you play on the rest of the year. And if not, 
Uh, yeah, that's. You just say, hey, look, this was tough. the chance we took. You got a chance to play. That's tough. And we and we do it again next year. I'll be interested to hear what Ryan Odom has to say about Joe Bamisil tonight. Not that I'm trying to make it about him, but he is certainly one of the case studies, and he was ready to testify, if you saw that, by Zoom in yep. the West Virginia yep. hearing. And the attorneys and, they and the said, judge no. said, we don't, we don't need you right now. right now. You may have your chance December 27th or beyond. All right, we're way beyond. Let's get another break in here. I want to continue this conversation because I do want your overall thoughts on this whole thing you've been around college basketball and you've seen enough of it in college athletics over the years people know how i feel now on this topic but i do want to hear yours sean robertson we'll do that after the break and in the five o'clock hour of the sports huddle 1061 espn all right we are right up against it um so we'll carry this over to the five o'clock hour and that'll give sean another five minutes to think about his answer here and (laughs) and and his his positioning here on the whole transfer opportunity of of players in the ncaa and can they always play immediately or do they have to wait oh no no i think we i think we touched on it before i'm i think we were we were in an in agreement with it in regards to definitely if a coach leaves and that player is recruited by that coach he should not be penalized. Ooh, that's a 